0: I'm going to tell you about my story. Well, not actually my story. I'm going to tell you about the stories of me, my family, and countless other individuals. Growing up with the name Esperanza Osuna in a place like Oklahoma means that people have always commented on my name. I knew that my first name meant hope in Spanish, and Osuna is the town in Spain from which some of my ancestors immigrated to Central America. Beyond my name, though, I didn't spend that much time consciously thinking about my family's past or how it connected to my present. However, I had an experience in middle school that began to awaken my conscious interest and connection to my Hispanic roots. My paternal grandparents were visiting, and we all sat down to watch the movie McFarland USA. The movie follows the season of a new cross-country team in a poverty-stricken town in California, populated primarily by Hispanic immigrant laborers. While the cross-country season is a key focus of the movie, the movie chiefly focuses on the community and relationships in the town. The majority of the residents in McFarland are pickers on one of the large surrounding farms. I felt a strong connection to the characters on screen and was feeling quite emotional by the end of the movie. As I looked around, I saw that my dad, my grandfather, and my grandmother were all crying too. After the movie, we talked about the feelings it had provoked in each of us. And I came to an unexpected realization. Those characters on screen were my family. When my dad's family immigrated to the United States, they were poor, they picked crops and fields all day, and they were discriminated against for their race. This experience focused my attention on the immigrant stories around me, in the news, on the screen, and in books. Even more, my empathy increased as I encountered immigrants and their descendants in different real-life situations and listened to their stories. I began to see how my family's story and the immigrant stories I encountered were small pieces of the larger history of the United States. Growing up in school, I learned the very basic story of immigration. I learned about Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty. I also knew all the sayings about the United States, like we're a land brimming with opportunity or the great American melting pot. I was familiar with the image of a person coming to this country, working hard, and making a name for themselves, but as I grew older, the same old references and societal ideals about immigration seemed to lack something. They seemed too good to be true, or too flat to be a part of real life. After beginning to connect with my own Hispanic immigrant heritage, I realized what the traditional narrative of immigration was lacking, people's personal stories. I connected to my past and other people because I knew their stories. Stories gave me a chance to understand a person and connect to them in a way that pure facts just never could. As Christians, we are told the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, but the second is like it. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. It is impossible to love our neighbors well if we don't understand them. From my capstone, I wanted to find a way that we could better know and understand and thus better love our immigrant neighbor. To this end, I ended up connecting with and then using many of the ideas of psychologist George Kelly in my capstone. George Kelly developed personal construct theory, which deals primarily with the idea that each person has a unique truth and way of viewing the world. This truth is based on past experiences and will determine both your prediction of and interactions with future experiences. These truths manifest themselves as constructs, which are merely a fancy way of describing what someone believes about something. Let's think about a super simple example to understand personal construct theory. Let's imagine that in my house, we have a coffee table in our living room. My construct about the coffee table is pretty fluid. I would use this particular table as a quick place to set a drink down, or an extra seat when the couches are full, or maybe even a ladder to reach something. My mom, however, has a very strict construct about this coffee table. (laughs) It is only to be used as something to set a drink on, and only when there's a coaster under the drink. If we don't understand each other's constructs about the coffee table, it leads to conflicts, and a barrier, if ever so slight, in our relationship. This conflict makes it harder to love each other well. While the coffee table example is, admittedly, a very minor situation, this principle applies to our entire lives as well. In the particular instance of my capstone, if we can't understand the constructs of our immigrant neighbors, then it leads to conflict and a difficulty in loving each other well. By taking the time to seek out truth and understand the construction systems of our immigrant neighbors, we can find understanding, common ground, and ultimately, love. I wanted to find a way to compare the experiences and constructions of immigrants with the ideals of American immigration. While doing another project last year, I stumbled across a collection of poems from the early 1900s written by Asian immigrants on the walls of their detention center. Even a year later, I still remember the poems that I read and the difficulty I had connecting those experiences, the experiences illustrated in this poetry with the immigration ideals I had heard growing up and in society. Because this poetry was so powerful, I wanted to look at more immigrant poetry for the other aspects of my capstone both to illustrate American ideals, and the experience of, in this case, Hispanic immigrants. After doing more research, I realized that poetry fit with personal construct theory even better than I had expected. Personal construct theory is centered around the idea that a person's construction system makes up their reality. How can we tell what a person's reality is? Well, according to renowned poet and Nobel laureate Czeslaw Mislow, poetry is a passionate pursuit of the real with poets standing in front of reality and putting it into words. To examine a person's reality in construction systems, we can simply look at their poetry. There are countless narratives in the United States about immigration. We have re- been referred to as the nation of immigrants or the great American melting pot. We are often referred to as the land of opportunity or the land of the free. The American dream is very common terminology. Whether, you not, whether or not you agree with any or all of these narratives, they have nevertheless been familiar narratives in our nation. One well-known example that conveys many of these ideals and narratives is found in a poem titled The New Colossus. The New Colossus was inscribed on the base of the Statue of Liberty and would greet immigrants as they sailed into Ellis Island. The New Colossus promises worldwide welcome. It promises a home and a refuge. The Statue of Liberty is referred to as, quote, a mighty woman with a torch and her name, Mother of Exiles, end quote, inducing visions of protection and caretaking. Our message to the rest of the world is pretty simple. The Statue of Liberty, or Mother of Exiles, is silently entreating, quote, Give me your poor, your tired, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless tempest-toss to me," End quote. Immigrants coming to the United States are promised a place to breathe free, a place where the tired and poor are welcome. Immigrating to the United States is an exciting opportunity with ideals promising freedom, welcome, home, wealth, and rest. In my full-length research paper, I examined poems written by Asian immigrants and Hispanic immigrants and then compared the constructs found in those to the ideals of American immigration found in the new Colossus. Due to time constraints though, right now I will only be examining a poem written by a Hispanic immigrant and comparing it to the new Colossus. Jose Olivares's parents immigrated to the U.S. from Mexico while his mother was pregnant with him. He grew up in a small working-class neighborhood right outside of Chicago. He eventually began to write poetry about his experiences and thoughts on being a Hispanic immigrant to the United States. His poem titled An Ode to the First White Girl I Ever Loved is featured in a book called Ink Has No Borders, Poems of the Immigrant and Refugee Experience. This particular poem tells of the experiences of a young boy struggling to live and thrive with his Mexican family and world while while living in the United States. An Ode to the First White Girl I Ever Loved is a fairly long poem, so for this paper I will only be reading the first half of it. An ode to the first white girl I ever loved. It was kindergarten and I did not know English, so I could not talk without being ridiculed. And the teacher did not want me in her class. She was white, too, she said, I do not know how to teach someone who only speaks Spanish. And the kids did not want me in their class. They were white, too, they said, we do not know how to be friends with someone who only speaks Spanish. And I was the only Mexican, and I only spoke Spanish. I watched a lot of TV, and everyone was rich and white. My family was poor and Mexican. My family only spoke Spanish. And in school, I felt so lonely. My loneliness would walk home with me. My loneliness held my hand as I crossed streets. My loneliness spoke Spanish like my family. And this is how I learned to equate my family with loneliness. How I learned to hate my family. How I learned to hate being Mexican. And I watched a lot of TV and everyone was rich and white. And what I wanted was to grow up and be rich and white and speak English. On shows like Seinfeld or Friends. On shows with laugh tracks, big hair, and cardigans. And what I wanted was Friends to walk home from school with me and what I wanted was a teacher to give me gold stars like the other kids." In this poem, young Olivares struggles to thrive in a school situation where, quote, the teacher did not want me in her class. She said, I do not know how to teach someone who only speaks Spanish, end quote. Not only does the teacher not want Olivares in her class, but the other students don't know how to be friends with someone who doesn't speak English. At school and on TV, Olivares saw rich, white families, but never families that reflected his poor Mexican one. Loneliness was his constant companion. Olivares writes that his loneliness based on his race was, quote, how I learned to hate my family, how I learned to hate being Mexican. All he wanted was to grow up and be rich and white and speak English. All he wanted was a teacher who appreciated him and friends who wanted to be with him. This poem by Olivares shows a particular immigrant experience and allows us to better understand his story. His experiences and constructs do not line up very well with the ideals found in the New Colossus. Where is the worldwide welcome for the boy excluded from school and social life? There's no rest or refuge from feeling ashamed of his family and history. His poverty isn't welcomed. It is a barrier and a difference maker. As we can see from this poem, Immigration is different from the common societal narratives. An immigrant's story is one of nuance, struggle, and in this case, pain. However, we can never know that, or truly understand that, if we just take society's words for what the experience of immigration is. Understanding someone's true construction system and experiences is what allows us to begin to find common ground and understanding. Having grown up in the academy community, I have been continuously steeped in the language of loving my neighbor. When thinking about my capstone idea, I was interested and excited, but I actually had an initial reaction of hesitance because it didn't seem to be relational enough. If the goal is ultimately ultimately to love our neighbor better, shouldn't I go out and just form relationships with them? Why should I, or anyone else for that matter, take the time to learn a new psychology theory and then connect that theory to poetry written by immigrants? When weighed on a scale, wouldn't personal relationships outweigh all other actions when it came to loving my neighbor? I soon came to realize the value of understanding construction systems and relationships with others. Understanding someone's construction systems gave me, and can give anyone, the tools to understanding that person's truth, belief, reality. Understanding someone's construction systems is the pathway to finding common ground and resolving conflict. Understanding someone's construction systems can come about through a variety of ways. It could involve a conversation, a movie, a book, or in the case of this paper, a poem. True understanding of a person is a vital component of loving them well. Taking the time to seek truth is not a waste of time. It is a fruitful and prudent use of time. After all, we are taught to seek the transcendentals, truth, goodness, and beauty. Time spent seeking truth is what allows us to find common ground with our neighbors, reconciliation and healing. Seeking truth leads to the understanding needed to love well. I would, I would urge all of us to take more time to seek out the truth and stories of our neighbors, whether that's reading poetry or having a conversation or something else. I hope that if I've done anything with this paper, I've encouraged you to not settle for the common ideals and narratives of society, but to instead seek out ways to understand the constructs and stories of the people around us. As I've shared with you, the constructs and stories of immigrants are different than the American ideals of immigration. By seeking out this truth, we can begin to reconcile and then to heal. By seeking out this truth, we can begin to understand our neighbor and love them better.